Hello everybody, welcome to the She The Force podcast. My name is Gabrielle Joy, I'm a mindset and energy coach, lover of all things self-love and female empowerment and I'm obsessed with helping you rediscover your worth and true potential. If you're looking to feel inspired like you can tackle anything in life and fill with self-love then this podcast is for you. My goal in this podcast is to empower and uplift you by sharing the names, triumphs, amazing achievements and impactful work that incredible women have done in the world. Some whose names you may know, others whose names may be new to you. Thank you so much for pressing play and joining me today. I hope you love what you listen to and come away feeling inspired and like you can do anything because you can. Now let's begin. Hello everybody, welcome to the very first episode of the She The Force podcast. I'm Gabrielle, a mindset and energy coach, dreamer, feeler, healer, and lover of all things female empowerment. I am so excited to be recording this episode today and just beginning this podcast. The idea for this podcast has been brewing in my mind for so long now and I finally decided to bite the bullet, go for it, stop procrastinating and take the action and I'm just very excited to be getting started. And what better way to launch this podcast, which at the core is about female empowerment on International Women's Day. So before we dive into the episode properly, I wanted to give a little bit of information about me just so you can get to know me a little bit better and have an idea what to expect from this podcast as well. So as I said before, I'm Gabrielle. I'm a mindset and energy coach. I help guide people towards a life filled with confidence, self-love and happiness through mind, body and energy expansion work. I've always been super passionate about female empowerment and all things girl power. This might have stemmed from the fact that I grew up with three older brothers, so I'd always kind of try and like stand my ground and, you know, put up a fight. (laughs) I studied film and English literature at uni and during my studies, I often focused a lot of my work around feminism and the representation of women in the variety of texts I studied. My dissertation was also actually about the representation of the female action hero as well, which I was very proud of. So within this podcast, I want to be able to empower and uplift you by, you know, sharing the names and triumphs and impactful work that incredible women have done in the world. Now, some of them, there might be women whose names you know and are quite popular in history, others whose names you might not know and have kind of gone forgotten about and, you know, been forgotten about in history. And, you know, the aim of this podcast is to shine a light on them and celebrate them and kind of get their names out there so you also know the amazing things that these women have done and that you know might have been forgotten about so some episodes might be focused on women who have done inspiring work rooted in activism or feminism other episodes might be around women who have just kind of done incredible work not necessarily in activism or feminism but you know done something like impactful and you know great for the world other episodes might take a more spiritual turn and dive into learning about you know powerful and sacred goddesses as well as divine feminine energy and how you can tap into that beautiful side of you as well because that's something that I'm really really passionate about plus since I studied film at uni it's possible that at some point as well some episodes might be dedicated to celebrating pioneering women filmmakers as well basically I just have a lot of time for all-around badass ladies making a difference in the world So there is a lot to look forward to and I'm very excited and I hope you love what you listen to today and come away feeling inspired and like you can do anything because you really, really can. Now, okay, let's dive into the episode. So in today's episode, we're learning about Althea Jones-Lacoint. 
Now, it was actually a while ago now that I first learned about this incredible woman, and it was through another podcast, the History Hotline podcast, which is an amazing resource for learning all things about Black British history. Anyway, Althea Jones LeCoyne is a Trinidadian physician and research scientist who was born in 1945. Back in 1965, at just 20 years old, she left her home in the safe, warm, beautiful place of Trinidad to come to London to study a PhD in biochemistry. And, was, and it was within the next few years that she really ended up making her name for herself by being at the forefront of the Black Power movement in Britain in the 60s and 70s. A couple of years after arriving in the UK, in around 1968, Althea actually took over as one of the leaders of the British Black Panther movement, which was a group loosely inspired by the Black Panther Party in America, which existed around the similar time. Now, the British Black Panther movement was a group which was aimed to combat racial hatred in the UK, which was really, really pre- prevalent at the time. And the group was really there to be a safe space for black and brown people to gather, share experiences and support one another at the time. Now, upon being one of the leaders of the organisation, Althea somewhat revived the group and her role particularly provided more visibility for black women especially. Now, it was soon after she took over as one of the leaders of the organisation that Althea truly began making an impact and she pretty much became a pioneer for the activism and fight against racism and for the rights of people of black and Asian heritage in the UK at the time. Now, I was inspired to talk about Althea and make her the first person to talk about um, in this podcast after I learned about the role she had in the Mangrove Nine case. Now, again, I actually first learned about this through the History Hotline podcast. Once again, another shout out. Um, if you're interested in learning more about black British history, you should definitely check it out. The podcast actually has two episodes dedicated to Mangrove Nine and gives a lot more in-depth look at it. And the host, Diana is a lot more knowledgeable on the case and black British history as a whole than I am. But for the purpose of this episode and because it's relevant to Althea, I'll give a little bit of a summary of what it involved. So let's go back in time a little bit. Let's go back in time um, to around 1968 and we're in Notting Hill now, okay? Notting Hill during this time was very different to the charming and bright Notting Hill that a young floppy-haired Hugh Grant strolls through or, you know, the aesthetically pleasing pictures of the neighbourhood that you see on Instagram. In the post-Second World War period of the 60s, Notting Hill was an underdeveloped bombsite and it was undergoing a lot of construction. And as a result, it was really, really cheap place to live. And as Deanna says in her podcast, in Britain at the time, the cheapest places to live often went to immigrants from the Caribbean. Now, this led to the neighbourhood being highly populated with black people, which ultimately created a really, really strong sense of community. Now, in 1968, Trinidadian-born entrepreneur Frank Critchlow opened the Mangrove restaurant in Notting Hill. Now, the Mangrove was an upmarket restaurant. It was dimly lit with black leather and soul music playing all night long. Like, literally all night long. It was open from 6pm till 6am. The restaurant was known for serving the best Caribbean food in the area and it was so popular that it attracted notable famous people, including Bob Marley, Diana Ross and Marvin Gaye. Now, honestly, those vibes sound absolutely immaculate and I wish that I could have been there. Um... So Frank's restaurant was also more than just a place that offered, you know, this exquisite Caribbean cuisine. It essentially became a hub, it became a sanctuary, a nice little safe space and community 
for black people to gather, be supported and feel a sense of home again. So, you know, good vibes all around, right? I mean, not exactly. Because of its popularity and how police often viewed black people at the time, by seeing how popular the mangrove was, it really rubbed police officers up the wrong way, let's just say. And by December 1969, the council actually removed Frank's license to operate as an all-night cafe. And soon after that, police began parking outside the restaurant, watching and waiting for any sign of illegal activity, as they believed the restaurant was being used as a place for crime, drugs and prostitution. Yet nothing illegal ever happened at the mangrove, and Frank was incredibly strict against drugs and any kind of criminal activity, and he prided himself in the restaurant standards. Despite this, within the space of January 1969 and July 1970, Frank's restaurant was raided by the police 12 times. Now their reasoning, their reasoning was that they had suspicions of narcotics on site or illegal activity, yet nothing was found every single time. Frank knew these attacks were down to unlawful discrimination and he decided to reach out to the British Black Panther group for support. Now, soon enough, the restaurant transformed into a hub for community activism and the British Black Panther group often kind of went there and, you know, worked together. And in August 1970, a protest was formed and organised to take a stand against the police. Now, the protest, which began outside the mangrove and took a route through Notting Hill and stopped off all the number of police stations, was peaceful. And at its peak, there were around 150 protesters, but they were outnumbered massively with around 700 police officers positioned in the area. 700 to 150. Like, I mean, I just can't. I can't comprehend that. It's crazy, right? Now, not long after the protest began, police officers began to get involved. They began attacking and aggravating the protesters, causing a riot to eventually break out. The fight that broke out eventually led to the arrest of nine of the protesters who were eventually charged in 1970 with conspiracy to incite a riot, affray or attack a police officer. Now, following the protest, the nine arrested, who were eventually nicknamed the Mangrove Nine, they were trialled at the Old Bailey, which is a courtroom in the United Kingdom reserved for only the most serious crimes, like think murder, right? Now, what made the Mangrove case so significant is the fact that it led to the very first acknowledgement by the UK government that there was evidence of racial hatred in the police force. When you think about it, that's absolutely crazy. That's literally only 50 years ago and... You know, unfortunately, that same racial hatred is still alive and kicking today. You know, really, when you think about it, when are things going to change, right? When are things going to change? Okay, anyway, so a bit of a sidetrack, but back to our Queen Althea. How is she relevant to all this? Well, as Althea played such a big role in the British Black Panther movement, she was actually one of the people who organised the protest in Notting Hill in response to the attacks on the mangrove. Now, the sole aim of the march was to show the world how the police were brutalising black people in Britain. And now it gets more interesting when you learn that Althea was actually one of the Mangrove Nine that were arrested and what she actually did when she came to trial. So, when in court, she not only demanded an all-black jury, but dismissed over 60 racist jurors. Most significantly though, and... To be honest, what inspired me most about her was the fact that she took a huge gamble by leading her own defence case. Now, Darkus Howe, who was also one of the Mangrove Nine, he also defended himself, but he was actually qualified in law. Now, Althea, 
in contrast, she had absolutely no prior experience. So she had no idea how kind of like the system worked on working with law or anything like that. Yet she was determined and brave to defend herself. Not only as a black person, but a black woman standing up against a racist criminal justice system. A racist system that was never in her favour in the first place. Now, that is absolutely legendary behaviour if you ask me. So when it came to the actual trial, Althea was known for completely captivating the room when she spoke with her power and eloquence. And people practically clung onto her every single word. And when she spoke at the Old Bailey, the atmosphere was described as being able to hear a pin drop. And upon finishing what she had to say, the room was absolutely silent. Can you imagine the power she must have held? Now, following the trial, the Mangrove Nine were all acquitted of the main charge, which was inciting a riot. Althea, however, did receive a suspended sentence for the lesser offences, which included a fray and assault in police officers. But the main kind of point of sharing her story and, you know, why I wanted to make her the first person to speak about from this podcast episode was the fact that, you know, she stood up for herself as a black woman, right, against this racist system, which is never in her favour. And she took that stand up on that you know the witness stand or the i can't i don't know what it's called in the in the court but you know she had that confidence and i think that's so so inspiring now in 2020 the director steve mcqueen released a series of short films under the title small acts and his intention was to shed light on the forgotten stories of the windwash generation now the very first episode of the series is actually about the mangrove nine case and I remember watching it when it first came out and at times it is so so gut-wrenching to watch but equally it is so incredibly inspiring and watching Latitha Wright play Althea Jones conveying her passion, drive and complete vigour in every single line she spoke honestly they were goosebumps. The series is actually available on BBC iPlayer as well as Amazon Prime for those who want to access it outside the UK and I'd really recommend checking it out like as well as the beautiful direction the soundtrack and incredible acting you know McQueen's series also opens up conversations around the forgotten stories in black British history as well. Now in terms of Althea I think her resistance her radical and powerful way of speaking and the influence and impact she had for the fight against racism in Britain at the time is so inspiring and you know she bloody well deserves to be spoken about and celebrated more. (laughs) If you are able to watch a small axe film on The Mangrove Nine, I really do recommend checking it out because it truly brings her character to life and is really just incredibly inspiring. If you have actually seen it as well, do drop me a message on Instagram at SheTheForce and let me know your thoughts as well. So that is pretty much it. That's the end of the first episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you for taking your time to listen to this today. I hope you feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard today, be sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss when a new episode is released. And if you're just too impatient and you know you can't wait for another episode, be sure to follow She the Force on Instagram for more female empowerment, positivity, confidence, mindset all that goodness and yeah I can't wait to chat again about another badass woman in the next episode 
for now enjoy the rest of your day have a great week and i will chat to you again soon remember you are an incredible human being i am so proud of you and you can do anything bye